Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark from the hit television show Shark Tank, and you're listening to the Underdog Podcast. I've been too high up to fall, question marks, what's up with y'all? All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Underdog Podcast. Today, I have an amazing guest here with me, Wayne. How are you, my friend? I am fantastic. I'm really, thank you for having me. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for being here. We were just on the pre-call and I'm already laughing and I can't wait to get into your story (laughs) and all your amazing businesses and everything that you've built is just so fascinating and like I just, I can't wait to get into all of it. And, you know, when I start off my show, I always talk about, this is the most loaded question that I'll ask you and then we'll, we'll dive deeper, but you know, what inspired you on your journey to where you are today, Wayne? Well, right now I draw my inspiration from my wife and my girls, my daughters. I have three daughters, a wife that I absolutely love for, or simp, as the kids say, I am massively in love with this woman. Most of my inspiration comes from that. I enjoy helping people. I love that, Wayne. I love that. Now, like as a kid, what did, what did you want to be when you grew up? A stunt man. I wanted to be a stunt man. I remember, I mean, some, we were talking about this the other day uh, with a buddy of mine. I wanted to be a Hollywood stunt man flying through the air, get, getting into bar fights. That's what I wanted to be. Okay, my older self, the way I feel right now, it feels like I had 50 years of that. So, you know, it's almost mission accomplished. A stunt man. What inspired that? <laughs> I, I just thought that that was a cool job. I just thought that, you know, one day you're riding horses, which I did that a lot as a kid. Uh, the next day you're, you know, racing cars. I just thought a Hollywood stunt man and people filmed you doing it. You know, I mean, as a kid, I used to do like crazy stuff and want to film it kind of like the jackass guys or something. But that's that's what you asked me. That's what I wanted to do. I didn't I didn't really know where I would end up. I just knew that, man, stuntman sounds like a very good time. Absolutely. It does sound like a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, until you end up broken bones and, you know, there's a downside to it, I'm sure. I love that way. I love that. I'm like, walk me through your childhood a little bit. Like, where'd you grow up? I was born in La Mirada, California, near Anaheim. My third birthday, my parents had the good sense and God gave me the grace. We moved to Texas, cut and shoot Texas, C-U-T-N-S-H-O-O-T, not even and, okay? So deep in East Texas is a town called Cut and Shoot. Shout out to Cut and Shoot. And that's where I grew up. Outdoors, you know what I mean? Every day. It was hot, but it was a very good you know, childhood. Cut and shoot text. I didn't even know that was a place. Yeah. Cut and shoot has a Miss America and a heavyweight boxing champion from a town of at the time was 800 people. Whoa. Yeah. Very small town, 60 miles north of Houston and about five or six miles east of Conroe, a town called Conroe, Texas. Yeah, it's on the map. Cut and shoot, Texas. I had never yeah. heard of that. Oh, my goodness. And and how long did you grow up there, Wayne? So I went to cooking school and then went in the Army. Graduated high school at Conroe High School and then went to cooking school and joined the Army. I left at 27, 28. 
So I spent a good, you know, 20, 25 years in cut and shoot and still go back. I have friends there today. So I still go back at least once or twice a year. I, I absolutely love it. That's amazing. So you mentioned cooking school. Mm-hmm. What inspired that? So, okay, that's very interesting. So <laughs> when I was in high school, I was not a very good student. Most courses, I was not a very good student. And so I, in order to get a better grade, I went into um, home economics class. And my father was furious. And not because home ec, my dad was a very good cook. That was not the, about that. He rightfully thought you're getting in that class for the girls. It's going to be you and a bunch of girls. And I have to admit, he was correct. He was absolutely correct about that. However, it exposed me to something I absolutely love, and that's cooking. And one of the reasons I went in cooking school is a love for cooking. And a reason that I got out of cooking school was because I love cooking. So, you know, imagine that. But yeah, so I went to cooking school for a couple of years and I didn't like people sweating in my food and screaming at me. You know what I mean? You're, you're there, you're cooking and people coming by and they're putting their fingers in your food and they're trying and they're trying to instruct you. But it's just a pain. And I lost my temper one day and went, you know what? Heck with this. I'm going to join the army. I'll get less of this in the army. And when I went in the army, it's true. This is a true story. I was in basic training. You know, everybody sees what basic training is like. I don't know if you've had any military experience. Everybody knows what basic training is like. Well, there was a show called Gomer Pyle. Okay. And Gomer, you know, had such a hard life. He was always a happy dude. Well, that was me in basic training. I was so glad to be out of that kitchen that basic training in the army, they struggled to put me under stress. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I did not know cooking school was so intense. Look, now the military, right? In a wartime situation, that's stress. Right. But manufacturing stress when you don't need to do that. Even on, I've worked in restaurants many times and busy, busy restaurants. And even under the busiest you could make a restaurant, you don't have to take it to that degree. It's ridiculous and it's punitive. And it was just not for me. I was paying for this. I'm paying you to teach me to cook. I'm not paying you to abuse me. And my roommate started a very bad drug addiction from that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, you know, look, I'm either going to do this or I'm going to get out of here. And I punched out like Maverick, you know what I mean? It was, was like, I'm out of here. See you later, alligator. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You went into the army. And then after that, like, what was the first thing you did when you came back? You know, so it's funny. So I got out of the military with GI Bill and college fund. Money that I had put into the system in the military out of my check. So I could then go to college. I had also gone to school for two years at the University of Heidelberg and the University of Mannheim while I was in station in Germany. Learned a language in order to go to this school, these two schools. Loved it. I loved every minute of being in the army. Even the things that were like really not so awesome, I still respected it. And I, you know what I mean? I had that feeling of service and it was great. Okay. We elected Bill Clinton as the president. This is how far back it goes. And he decided we're going to downsize the military. 
Maybe he was right. I don't know. But I was one of those people that when they came to me and said, hey, would you like to take some money and get out of the army? I was like, yeah, you don't want me and you want to give me money to get out. I'm your huckleberry. Okay, I'm out. So I went to college. But keep in mind, I was 24, Desert Storm veteran, and everybody that I was in school with is 18 and still wet behind the ears, still have no, they have no clue what they're doing. That was the most irritating place I'd ever been in my life. Forget cooking school. Cooking school was a cakewalk compared to going to a liberal university. They didn't want to take any of my classes that I had already taken. So I was going from being a junior in college to back starting over and being a freshman. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I was like, look, I can't, I mean, there's only so much you can expect me to take. So I went in the mortgage business and killed it. <laughs> Absolutely killed it. We took, we talked about it before I've written six books. That's amazing. In the lending space now, mostly residential. So I went to work for a company called beneficial and they did consumer type lending, right? And they wanted to get into home equity. In Texas, there was no home equity. So the way that I am, they came to me and said, hey, look, we need help passing home equity in Texas. And I'm a natural. I One of the things that I've been gifted with is being able to talk to people and kind of, you know, simplifying a message, getting winning people to my side. So I did that. I went for two about two and a half years to the Texas legislature helping to pass home equity in the state of Texas, much to the chagrin of my father. Again, my dad was like very against this very old school and, and later come to realize, okay, look, you own the home. You should be able to use it in that way. But at the time it was very stressful on our relationship. And then once I did that and realized how little this company was going to pay me compared to other people in the mortgage business, I started my own mortgage company, Midway Mortgage. I was like, look, I can do this and learned very quickly what I needed to do to accomplish owning your own mortgage company and being responsible for that anyway. So I spent a great portion of my life in the mortgage business. I loved it up until the mortgage crash. Mm. When I realized what we had done or what had been done, I realized I looked at my wife. We were married at the time and I had a very good job. I looked at my wife. I go, look, I, this is not me. I can't do this. You know, mm. there, there's four payment option loan. You know, I mean, putting everyone, no matter who they were, into the same lending device. No, 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 no. That's why you have a toolbox. That's why you have different loans. I couldn't do it. So I went off on my own, started doing SEO. That's when my third book, When Bad Credit Happens to Good People, that's when that came about. My anger comes out in the mortgage business. And I was trying to teach people about their credit. Mm -hmm. because in America, we don't get that education. It's against the law. It's again, there's actually a law stating you cannot have credit classes in high school or college. Yeah. No. So that's why you don't have those classes or that information is not being taught. And to me, it's more important than sex ed. Sex, most people can figure that out. A drive in and everything's cool. But credit, that's hard. That's harder to figure out. 
you know, what to do, what not to do, how to remedy certain situations, what not to get into to begin with. So that when bad credit happens to good people, that really at the time was my opus. That was my, I mean, I love that book. I love oh, there you that. Go. No, it's so true. I didn't know, first off, I didn't know there was a law. So that is shocking. Yeah, it's part of the Fair Credit Act. It's a good law. Basically, what we did was give up certain things, meaning credit education, but a lot of the bankruptcy type legislation that helped people when they have gotten themselves into a lot of trouble, we gained that in the law. So it's not 100% bad law. It's just that if you can't teach someone when they're walking on a university about credit and you still let Visa, MasterCard, American Express all be on campus just waiting for your bundle of joy to show up, that to me is not capitalism. You know, that's bad news. That is a very bad dynamic, which we're here now. Now, look, I tell parents all the time, if you have had to have learned some things about credit during your life, right? if you don't arm your children with that knowledge, that's even more irresponsible than not telling them where babies come from. Where babies come from is a 15 minute conversation if you get into detail. (laughs) Okay, so credit, on the other hand, how to buy a car, how to buy a home, what you need to do to start out and get your, you know, start your own credit. These are questions that then I realized that most parents didn't know the answer to those things to begin with. The baby question, they figured that out, but they never got a handle on how to operate on their credit. And so that Look, when I see a problem, I try to solve it. Kind of like vanilla ice that way. You know, I figured you would get that. <laughs> so the same with Melody Clouds, you know, what I'm doing now. I have tinnitus, tinnitus, some people call it tinnitus, ringing in the ear. It drives me absolutely insane sometimes. And when I was presented with binaural beats and I could hear silence again, I was like, okay, I got to bring this to other people. This is magic. This is crazy. And so that's why we have Melody Clouds now. That's amazing. And did you go into that after the mortgage business? Oh, yeah. 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 As a matter of fact, Melody Clouds has been around for about nine months. And we have 300,000 files. You are talking about it's translated into 210 languages. And we're in about 146 countries right now. Because there's a lot of interest in solfeggio and binaural beats. Yeah. And so, so Wayne, this, this stuff fascinates me because I listen to binaural beats, you know, I'm into theta, you know, all the different brainwaves and stuff. But to those who are listening that are like, what is this? What's like an entry level thing for them? Like what is binaural beats? It's very simple to explain. So Melody Clouds, our tagline is take control of your mood. Mm-hmm. Okay. Take control of your mood. If you're angry and you don't want to be, you know, we got something for you. If you've suffered grief, I can block grief with this, okay? Let me explain to you, yes. Let me explain to you how how this works. Everyone knows that we have used music, you know, before history. We use it to communicate. If we're going to war, you hear the drums, we're coming. You hear the chanting, that's music, and it's a warning, and we're coming, right? Or even silent movies. Silent movies weren't silent. There was someone in the front playing a piano, 
and telling you how to feel about the images that you see on the screen. In the history of movie making, there are 17 movies with no soundtrack. Think about that. There are millions of movies out there, all of which had music attached to them. One of them, WALL-E, do you remember that movie, WALL-E, the little robot? Yeah. There was no dialogue in that movie for an hour and 40 minutes. Oh my God. How do you get a four-year-old, five-year-old to sit quietly and watch a basically silent movie of this little robot and they'll laugh and they'll cry and they'll giggle because that music helps them understand this is what's going on in the screen and here's how to feel about it. So with that, knowing music controls our emotions and can manipulate how we feel right there with no woo-woo stuff whatsoever, you understand, okay, now I get what you're doing here. Okay, but now let's add in binaural beats. Our brains are electrical. That's how signals are sent. And that's how emotions are developed by these frequencies, okay? You can measure them with an EEG, brainwaves. Okay, at 432 megahertz, if I introduce and get your brain synchronized with 432 hertz, you will go to sleep. And you will go to sleep in the deepest sleep you've ever had. It is glorious sleep. So for people that are, I tell people, if you're having trouble sleeping and you would rather not take a pill to get there, try binaural beat. It's one frequency in one ear, another frequency in the other ear. Your brain then makes up the difference in a binaural beat. Wow. So you're listening to a track of music. That music has in one ear a frequency in the other ear, another different frequency, and your brain recognizes that, and rather than be confused, creates its own frequency. And that frequency is 936, 432, 741. All of these frequencies do something different. I love that. And this is all science, Wayne. Like literally. 100%. And here's how I know, here's how I was convinced, because not every frequency does the same thing to every single person. And why is that important? The reason it's important is because when you go to the doctor and the medication he prescribes to you does not work, what do you do? You go to a different medication. His last patient, the little blue pill worked wonders. It was great. It's fine. But on you, it did nothing. Mm. or your cholesterol or your blood pressure didn't move with the last medication. Okay, we have another one for you. Same exact principle here. We are all different. We were created differently, every single person. So therefore, if, if I gave you one frequency and it did the same thing in every single person, snake oil. Right. Snake oil. There's, there's no, there's no way that everything is going to work the same way on everyone. Do you like avocados? I do like avocados. I hate them. I, I <laughs> absolutely abhor avocados. I, the avocados are from Satan and I do not like avocados. I don't like guacamole. I don't, I do. Okay. So for me, avocados are poison from the pit <laughs> of hell. Okay. Right. 
but you find them delicious and we'll put them in a salad. You know, not me. So we're all, I, I say that to be funny, but look, we're all very different human beings. Solfeggio, that's a little bit different. And this is where it gets fun. In the 11th century, Guido di Arezzo, he was an Italian monk. He made the observation that people can recognize when things are out of tune or out of sync. Do you play a musical instrument? Uh, I used to be a DJ, so. I love music too. Can't play it, can't sing, but I absolutely love music, right? Now, I, I talk to people all the time. They play guitars. They play all kinds of musical instruments. The one, And I don't. The one thing we share is the ability to tell when that instrument is out of tune. So if you're playing a piano and there's a bad note there, you and I will both recognize it. Practically right. everybody on the planet will know when you're singing off key. So keep it to yourself. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? So, so you have this ability, that's solfeggio, that ability to know when things are out of vibration, out of tune, that is significant because mm -hmm. you can use that to bring someone back to a harmonious uh, mood or a better state of being. Right. Now that's a little more woo-woo, but you know, it's really makes a lot of sense. Have you heard of Dr. Tennant? That name does sound familiar to me. Tennant Institute, he has the biomodulator. And so his machine is literally, it sends out frequencies throughout your body. And one of them is a Solveggio and he uses all different types of, Yeah. it's, it's incredible. And he's a medical, he's been a medical doctor for 40 plus years. He's over in Irving, Texas. Yeah. This science has been around for a very, very long time. It is very well studied. Oh, yeah. Now, the reason that you don't hear as much about it is because it doesn't come in a pill. It mm -hmm. doesn't come in a syrup. It doesn't, I don't see commercials on TV. Do you suffer from blah, blah, whatever? Yep. It's much harder for people who want to do things a little more than that. Look, I'm not, I am not against medication. I right. urge people, take your damn medication, okay? Some of you need to be medicated even more than you already are. I'm all for taking your medication. But what I'm saying to you is when someone comes to me and says that in order to go to sleep, they take Benadryl, they take NyQuil, and I think of the liver damage and the constant use it screams it on the packaging, don't use this for that. But yet they are subjected themselves to that. I knew at that point I needed to stand up and go, whoa, 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 there is a better way. And I already know what that is. In my case, it was binaural beats for my tinnitus or you know tinnitus. I get a screeching in my ear that never, ever, ever goes away unless I am listening to a particular track with binaural beats in it. And then I hear silence. And that to me is, I freak out. I, I really get emotional when I, you know, and at night I'll put on some soft headphones and I'll listen to that and go to sleep. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a gift. I mean, what science can do, right? I mean, go from going through yeah. your ringing constantly through tinnitus and then to be able to just like listen to one type of beat and like it just completely soothes. And it's like, there's no pill. There's no nothing. I mean, it's just there. And like, this is incredible because this is one of your, one of your businesses now Wayne. one of your biggest businesses. Yeah. Melody clouds. I'm very proud of it. Well, cool. how cool is that? Like over 210 languages, you said? Yeah. Yep. 
And that was pretty easy. I mean, with the technology that we have right now, when I built the website, someone came to me and said, well, where, you know, where are you planning on marketing this? And I'm like, no, that I would be easier for me to tell you where it's not going to go. I hit one button and it immediately started be translating this website into other languages, languages that I don't speak. So then I would have to come in and make sure that it made sense in those languages. And we're not, we're still not through with that process. But with AI being what it is, I can now type in and say, hey, translate this into French, translate this into Farsi. And I will be honest with you, when you think of the numbers, when you think of the you know, look, I live in an area with, you know, several hundred thousand people now. Rancho Cucamonga is a, a beautiful place and there's a ton of people around me all the time. But to know that simultaneously to talking to my neighbors, I can also be talking to someone in Qatar. I can talk, be talking to someone in Dublin, Ireland. That really opens up the world to something, you know, like this. And you get to help a lot more people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, and the thing is, it's like universal. You can reach anybody anywhere and anybody can do it according to mood. That's the thing that fascinates me. So like, you know, take charge of your mood. Okay. Well, like what mood are you in? And then like the different frequency that that goes, walk me through some of the moods that you have on Melody Cloud. Well, let me explain to you this way. Okay. Because I get this question a lot. Take charge of your mood. Well, look, what do you do when you're sad? When you want to go get a good workout in? Right. You go to the gym and you bring with you a Walkman or not a Walkman, but you bring an iPod or your phone or whatever. And you have a playlist, right, of workout music. And it isn't Tchaikovsky. It isn't country. It's, you know, hard rock. If you're trying to get a pump on, you go and that's what you're working out to. Right. 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 Let's say that you and I were taking a walk. You and I were going down the street. We're going to grab a bite to eat. I said, before we do, I want to stop into the church. I want to stop. There's a church I want to stop in. And there's an organist, and they are playing a dirge, a very slow, contemplative dirge. Without looking at one another, we would know, lower your voice, be reverential. This is not the place for a lot of cackling and a lot of, we're here, we're worshipful, okay? So it immediately, that music cued us in and changed our mood. And now we were just having a great time, but now we're more contemplative. Okay. You say, all right, well, look, what's good for the goose? This is not my jam wing, but what's good for the goose is good for the gander. We're going across the street to my church. I want to introduce you to my church, right? So you go to a Southern Baptist church playing praise music. Now, same activity, okay? Both worshiping. But we walk into that church, everybody's got their hands over their heads and they're singing praise music and you immediately are uplifted. Mm-hmm. 99.9% of us are going to be uplifted and almost euphoric within a few minutes of listening to that music. It happens every single time. And it's the very reason we invented music to begin with. Warring tribes would beat on drums and call out to the other tribe, warning them, we're about to come over there and whoop y'all. So, <laughs> you know, be, just be ready. And they it was meant to intimidate. It was meant to scare the other tribe and enrage its own. So we use this to treat PTSD. 
we use this to the guided meditations. It's not just all music. There are guided meditations to help with weight loss, to help with certain phobias. One of the things I'm most proud of is, you remember Aesop's fables? Yes, yes. Okay, very good lessons of life. Aesop was a man way, way, way before his time. That's why he's lasted. The story of Aesop has always fascinated me. Mm -hmm. So, and I enjoyed those stories. A very good friend of mine, Gary Meyer, is a Hall of Fame. He's in the Radio Hall of Fame. He's a radio announcer, a DJ on the East Coast. Very great guy. Love him. And so I asked him to voice all 138 Aesop's fables. And he is killing it. He's killing it. So we've got all of these Aesop's fables for your kids. So you can teach them, you know, the donkey and the lion skin, all of these great stories that we grew up knowing. And I personally believe that if you reintroduce them, kids will start to understand how to treat one another better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. I love that that's getting integrated into that too. Aesop's fables. Wow. I we've got 17,000 audiobooks right now. I'm about to add another 30,000. So if some people I found like to read, so I put in books, but other people like being read too. You know, you're on a long drive. You don't want to listen to the radio. Maybe music is not your jam right now. Okay. So we're about relaxation. How do you relax? Oh, okay. Well, you like a good story? Let me tell you this one. And so there are 17,000 audiobooks on there now, all professional quality, all the classics. Tom Sawyer. Have you ever listened to Tom Sawyer in German? No, no, I <laughs> It is awesome. It is awesome. Now, I, I don't understand a whole lot of German anymore, but it sounds very angry. It is a great, it is so much fun to listen to certain things in other languages, things that you recognize that you know, you know. So we have that, yeah. You know. Absolutely. I love that, Wayne. And like, you know, you've built out like a whole bunch of different businesses, which is super exciting. I know Melody Cloud is like the the pride and joy and what, you know, what's- Yeah, that's what has my attention right now. Right. COVID really threw everyone for a loop. And I worked for a luggage company. I told you, I, I went into SEO, search engine optimization, helping companies get to the top of search. And when COVID hit, I worked for a luggage company in Pomona. And travel stopped. No one knew when it would pick back up. I mean, there was not a plane. No, no planes flew. No, no one was traveling anywhere. We were in a pandemic. And so they pivoted. They had to pivot. And when they did, basically their answer to this is to scale back, scale back, scale back. I made it through several rounds of layoffs, but at the, you know, some point I told my wife, I'm like, hey. I need to feather a nest. I need to figure out where I'm going because this is not looking good. No one knows when this is going to end, right? So I remembered a conversation that I had with a very good friend of mine. And so I started other businesses. You know, I I started other businesses to to kind of, you know, bridge that gap. And very quickly, fortunately, very quickly, we were able to get them to scale and actually start making an income again. A lot of people were not as, you know, they were not as uh, fortunate, you know. Wow. Yeah. I mean, in COVID, so many people have tried different, you know what I mean? Like it's been an awakening. New businesses have formed, like different things have happened. And it's just so 
fascinating because you built out now 14, 14 different businesses, which is so fascinating. And I know yeah. you told me before this call that it was like a, on, in the adult space. So we'll let everybody wonder what that is. And, you know, oh, it's easy to find. <laughs> it's easy to find. I mean, if, that, if that's your thing, you know, I am not, believe me, I'm not shy about it. I just, you know, um, <laughs> well, you know, look, when this country was founded, I'm a big fan of USA. Okay, I'm a big fan of what we've got going on here. It, it pains me to see other people maybe not appreciate what they have as much. When we started this country, 90% of the people worked for themselves. 10% worked for others. Mm. In the mid 80s, that number had completely flipped and 10% owned their own business and 90% worked for others. And everyone walking around, wringing their hands, wondering why the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And there's this gap between the two. Are you insane? How would there not be a gap? If you've made it your destiny to work for others and not work for yourself, that's what you should expect. I mean that with love. There's nothing wrong with that. It is not evil or bad if I could inspire just a few people to be the creator, be the person that they are, take that risk. There is risk. But I tell you, look, I failed and failed and failed and failed and failed and failed. This was not an overnight. We were talking about you know overnight success. Are you kidding me? That's one long night. Mm. There's a lot of failure in all of this. Right. Right. So if you can't stomach that, you need do need to work for others. But if you can, if you think you're, you know, tough, come on, you know, be that to someone else. Absolutely, Wayne. I couldn't agree more. And it's like, you know, for you, it's amazing to see that you built 14 different businesses. And it, like when people look at that, it's like, how the hell did you do it? It's like, what would be your biggest piece of advice to entrepreneurs that are like, how do I even execute and manifest something into the into this world number one you got to take the word out of your library okay you can't hear that word anymore and you can't say it anymore right. you can say not now you can say not yet it has to be out of your vocabulary that you can't let anyone say that to you you just have to go oh yeah i mean i those are fighting words to me another thing you have to do is you have to take your damn hand off your plate because if your hands are over your plate, I can't add more to it. And if you're not willing to help others, you do not deserve to be helped either. You want to keep your little pie to yourself? Okay. There are other people that would like to make pie and would like to enjoy pie. So we'll just pass you by. And when you're ready, take your hand off your plate and let's rock and roll. I love that. So all, everyone that I meet, the invitation is let's partner. Let's, you know, let's find ways to cooperate with one another. Every single person. And then you, I have found that you will exclude yourself when you're ready. You will say to me, you will exhibit to me a reluctance or a, but my answer is always yes, Yes to this, yes to that. I'll take some of that. I'm a big fat boy. I don't turn down a whole lot, okay? And if it makes sense, and even if it doesn't make sense for me at that moment, I want to get this out of the way. 
even if it doesn't make sense at the moment, that does not mean that I cannot help you. I love that. It's a collaborative effort. No one gets anywhere without collaboration and without partnering and without help. Apple, largest company to ever exist. They started in a garage. You think, honestly, you think they went from that to what they are now, everybody walking around with their product in their pocket without saying yes to a few things? You're absolutely insane. That's ridiculous. It's so true. It's so true. It takes a team and it takes partners and it takes all these things. You know, when I, when people say self-made, it drives me up a wall because I'm like, there's no way. You know, there's so many people, there's so many things that you have said yes to, to get you to where you are today, without a doubt, even the businesses, I mean, your customers and just all of it, all of it. I love that, Wayne. I love that. And like for you, I'm super curious, like now for this question, what would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now with everything that you've done? I would just say, look, you, you're not getting any better looking. Okay. Just put that aside. All right. You, it is what it is, buddy. Okay. And I would say, I would say, I would encourage myself because look, I have had a lifelong and I've tried to give this to my kids as well. So I am lucky that I do get to tell that to my younger self. My younger selves are in the other room or at school right now. And I get to tell them all the time, listen, don't do what I did. Here, here's the third rail. Here's a mistake. Study this. Find things that you're curious about. I know that this isn't a subject that you are particularly interested in and they're teaching it poorly. Find someone that will teach it to you the way you learn it. My oldest, Cassidy, she's graduating from college this year, psychology degree. And in high school, she struggled mightily, okay? She struggled. And it wasn't her. And I knew it wasn't her from the very beginning. I knew it wasn't her. I knew it was because she learned things differently than that school was capable of teaching her. Hmm. And that happens to some of us. And so what I've tried to do is say, listen, find people that can present this same information to you in a way that you understand it and you can deal with it. Right. Now, my middle daughter, I mean, she absorbs things into her magnificent brain just from osmosis. You couldn't not, you can't keep information out of that kid's head. And my youngest is kind of the cross between the two, you know, with a like a super personality. But I would say you find interests, okay, and practice on those interests. In other words, find things that you're super interested in, figure out those things, and that will inspire or ignite education, a learning, a, a desire to learn. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just fi finding out your passions and understanding that, you know, some, sometimes things are different. Like you said, your older's just, just, it's not that she was doing badly or anything. She just understood things differently. And much like your binaural beats and like everything with melody clouds, it's like people respond to different things differently. So it's like yeah. schools teach that. to the mean schools mm -hmm. teach to the mean. So if you're not in that middle group that can get the information that way, there's nothing for you. So you have to figure it out. I will say this too, that when she got to college, <laughs> it was so much different. I went in ducking my head thinking, oh man, she's going to be home. And, you know, I don't want her to fail. I don't think that, you know what I mean? But I have to admit, and I've had, I've had to share with her, hey, look, Cass, it was close in high school. And man, I thought, and nah, -uh. 
I mean, she went to college and absolutely knocked it out of the park. She blew it away. Amazing. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Now she seems like the smart one, you know what I mean? And walking across the stage, get that degree, you know, hey, that's that's something, you know, that's really that says a number of things about somebody. And I was going to say, you look, I've written six books and a lot of people think you write a book when you become an expert at something. And I, for me, totally opposite. I wrote those books so I could learn about that subject. When I decided I'm going to write Credit 101, I was doing it to help loan officers learn to read a credit report, right? But I wanted to make sure that I knew everything about the credit report that I could possibly know. And that caused me to learn more than I knew about the credit report and how to read it and what it was for and how it became to be all of those things, okay? So if you're thinking, oh, I'll write a book one day about something that I know, bad idea. Write the book about crap you do not know a thing about and are forced to learn. That's how you do it. I love that. I love that because sometimes we feel like we, we wait. Oh, no, we're not ready yet. Oh, we don't know this much yet. You just go out and you do it. And that's really what's going to sharpen your, your tool belt. I love yes. It. I love that. And like for you now, Wayne, like what's happening in the next like three to six months in your world? Like, tell me what's going on. I'm excited to hear it. <laughs> so with Melody Clouds, we we had and, and every business has these moments where you go one way or you disband the business and you know you don't you put your head down and you move forward. Okay. I had a web developer that did some harm to the website and to both of our apps. We have a, a Android app and an iOS app. I've spent a lot of money, to me, a lot of money on this project. And I was at a crossroads. What am I going to do? Am I going to shut this down? They ruined me? No, no, no. That, that will never happen. So in the next six months, we have partnerships that are going online, are going to bring our subscriber base up. One of the things I want to tell everybody is right now, it's 60 days for $2.99. And then at the end of 60 days, it's $5.99. Okay, so while other apps that do virtually some of the same things that we do are charging $25, $30 a month, wow. we're at $5.99. And that's with no ads. And if you don't want to give your information to the machine, I'm your huckleberry because I don't want your information. <laughs> All you got to do, give me $5.99 a month. And that's, we don't share it with anyone. The only thing I take information for is for your subscription. That's it. It is absolutely the least of these apps that collect information or subscriptions that collect information. And we don't have, ads are not relaxing. So we, we said no to ads. We've, we've been approached and I'm like, you know, that is not relaxing and uh, stay away from me. <laughs> so in the next six months, we have partnerships that we'll be signing. We'll be, you know, increasing our subscriber base. We're going to be animating all of the Aesop's fables and turning them into little cartoons, which I am, I am even more excited about that. We are adding 8,000 radio programs, old time radio programs, because when I was a kid, that was like a big thing for me. I loved being able to, and I think one of the things we've done is ruined our imagination with a lot of TV and movies. 
And so if I want to kind of bring back old time radio because I enjoy it and I think there are, there's a market, I think there's a lot of people that would enjoy listening to The Shadow and The Great Gildersleeve and all of these really classic bits of entertainment, right? That's what we're doing. Next six months, that's what we're, that's what we're about. That's so exciting. I can't wait to see that all manifest and come to life. My goodness, Wayne, you are incredible and inspiring. But now you've got to let everyone know where to find you, Melody Clouds, everything, how to get in touch with you and how to find Melody Clouds as well. So Melody Clouds is at MelodyClouds.com, www.MelodyClouds.com. They can find me and people do. So do not hesitate to email me. It's Wayne Altman at MelodyClouds.com. And I hope that everyone will at least come and, you know, try because there's some sample music on Melody Clouds and at least come and try some of the binaural beats, some solfeggio and see if, you know, what I'm making a fuss about, you know, I'm actually talking about. And there's some audiobooks on there as well. So, yeah, that's where I'm going to be. Love it, Wynn. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, for wow. Your story, telling us all about your businesses and Melody Clouds and everything. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you very much for having me. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Catch us next week, always dropping on Thursdays. And remember, if you're interested in real estate or want to learn how to create more money and magic in your life, check out meetwithpamela.com and let's chat. Sending you so, so much love. All we know is over time, working like some underdogs. underdogs, underdogs.